Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Hello everyone and welcome once again to our online platform. It's a wonderful privilege that we can come into your home wherever you are to be able to minister the word of God to you. And um, I'd love to greet you in the name of the Lord and uh, remind you that we've got our live services that have already started. If you want to be part of our live services which are taking place at Dorado Park, please make sure that you register based on the information that you'll see uh, on this video as well. And um, yeah, we're taking all the precautions, making sure that we're keeping distance and all of that to uh, just um, honor what the government is trying to do in terms of uh, holding together the nation during this this time of COVID-19. And uh, as I'm speaking to you, we have now come to the end of our fasting and prayer week. What a wonderful, wonderful time we've had. And if you have any testimonies that you've experienced during this time, please share them with us. We'd love to hear those testimonies and maybe share them on the platform as well. Speak to uh, Pastor Caroline and, and get in touch with one of our leaders. Uh, you know, our testimonies, uh, it, the Bible says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. It gives other people an opportunity to participate in what Christ is doing in your life. And so, yeah, today uh, I'd like to once again encourage us, in spite of all the numbers that we see of COVID-19 going up, that Jesus is still on the throne, Jesus is still Lord, and over the next few weeks, we're going to start a new series uh, specifically titled Jesus the Healer, and it's a series on divine healing. And this is something that I'm very excited to share with us on. Uh, and the reason why we're doing the series, one is obvious because, you know, there's a pandemic going around. But more than that, it is something that the Bible teaches. And this is the key reason why we're bringing this message to you. Many people are like, why are we spending so much time? It's going to be four weeks spending so much time on healing and divine healing. It seems to be a side issue. But as we go through the next couple of weeks, you will realize that it was actually very central to God's heart, you know. And so another reason why we're teaching it is because Jesus himself taught on healing and he lived he lived it out in his ministry. The word of God shows us that Jesus was fulfilling many of the prophecies concerning what God's plan was in the, in the area of healing. And so this is one of the reasons we emulate his ministry. We're not about our own ministry. If Jesus was involved in the healing ministry, we as his hands and feet, as the body of Christ, we are definitely involved in that ministry. And then next reason why we're, we're sharing on the series over the next couple of weeks is because Satan has misrepresented God. In the area of sickness and disease, many times the things that happen in this world are attributed to God when actually the enemy is behind it, whether from, from the onset in Genesis or whether it is on the day-to-day -day attacks. And many times when Jesus ministered to the sick, he would, to the sick, he will cast out an evil spirit, showing that there was definitely an oppression there. And so that's one of the reasons why we want to make sure that God is, is properly represented by those of us, the body of Christ, who have that mandate to represent Christ in the earth. And then another reason why we're sharing this series is because pastors have misrepresented God in this area. 
And you might have learned many things from different ministers, whether it's that the, the gifts of healings or healing doesn't take place anymore, and they've pulled that somewhere from the scriptures, and that misrepresents the presence of the Holy Spirit on the earth today. And also for those who have brought much condemnation in the area of teaching healing, that if you don't get healed, then they basically put you off as cursed or something is wrong with you. And so we want to bring that right order, that right direction through the word of God over the next couple of weeks so that everyone that desires to receive from God can receive from God without any hindrance. And then the last key reason why we're sharing over uh, concerning healing over the next few weeks is because God is a father. And I've got, I've got my own children, and when they are sick, it burdens your heart. You know, when you, when you become a parent, you begin to realize why healing is important. And many people think, yeah, but if it's God's will to heal, then I'll just be healed. No, it just doesn't work automatically like that. The Word of God says that it's God's heart and desire for all to be saved and for all to come to repentance, and yet many people die without Christ and go to hell. And so God's will happens through God's word, ministered through God's people. And so over the next few weeks, we will bring revelation from the scripture. We don't want to go on people, man's ideas and doctrines, just what the word of God is showing concerning this subject. So I want to pray for us before we get into the word. So Father, I thank you, Lord, that your word does not return void. I thank you, Lord, that you are, you are the creator all things under your hand, under your rule. And Father, in this time of COVID-19, I pray that we will find safety in your word and in the name of Jesus. And Father, as we minister over these next few weeks, I pray that the anointing of the Holy Spirit will be released through the truth and that many will be healed, even listening to the word of God, that many people will be touched of their conditions, even as we just share the scripture, share the word of God, and that many testimonies will rise to glorify the name of Jesus. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. And so the, the next four weeks, we're going to uh, divide up into these four portions. Now, this is probably a, a very, this is a very exhaustive subject, and we will not have the opportunity to go to the nth degree and the last depth of every revelation concerning healing. But what we want to put in your hand is something to give you peace in your heart and to enable you to minister healing to others and to receive healing yourself. The first week today will deal with the fact that God is a life giver. The second week will deal with the fact that Jesus paid for healing already. The third week will deal with how, the how of ministering healing. How do I minister healing, whether to myself or to someone else. How do I do it? Very practical one. And then the fourth week will deal with how to receive healing and how to enjoy divine health or to stay healthy. And these are all things that we can see from the word of God. And we are all at varying degrees in these areas, and we are all going to encourage one another to move more and more in line with God's word. Amen. So let's go now to the scriptures from Psalm 103, starting in verse 1. And God is a God of life. God is a, a life giver. It says in verse 1, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, 
and forget not all his benefits. How these are the benefits in verse 3. Who forgives all your iniquity, who heals all your diseases. Verse 4, who redeems your life from the pit or destruction and who crowns you with steadfast love and mercy, who satisfies you with good so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Now, what's interesting about the eagle is that they have this phenomenon where they, they fly high into a certain mount, mountaintop or crevice, and then they have a literal renewal. All the, the beak falls off, the claws fall off, and, and they hold all the feathers and everything, and they almost regain their youth. And the Word of God is showing us here that God's blessing upon our life almost has that kind of regenerative effect. Now, it's amazing that there's research that was done that says uh, at Stanford University that was done, uh, and it says that apparently our bodies regenerate themselves almost completely between seven and ten years. So the question is, why, why are we getting sick? Why are we dying early and all of that? Where is that coming from? The Word of God shows us that God is actually the author of life and not death. So let's go to Genesis chapter 1 from verse 26. And what, what you need to see here is that God made everything very good. I'm reading from verse 26. It says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God's, God's plan was not for man to flee from all sorts of bugs and viruses and all of that, but for him to be in charge of the whole entire creation. Verse 27 says, So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Verse 28. And God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And then in verse 30 it says, And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has the breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. In verse 31 he then says, And God saw everything that he had made, and this was what he created from day one through to day six where he's creating mankind. He saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Very good. So when God created the planet, God's intention was not for death and sickness and destruction. God created a planet that was sickness free, that was destruction free, that was death free. And it was as a manifestation of his nature. This is very important, very important, because the earth that we see now is not God's will. This is not consistent with God's design. And then the verse ends, verse 31 ends, and it says, And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So God made everything very, very good. He's the author of life and not the author of death. The second thing is, 
that God designed us for long life. As I've said before, you know, our bodies are designed in such a way that we have a regeneration. In fact, our souls have this uh, mindset or we have this idea as if we're going to live forever. Many people think that, you know, they're going to live forever. And and there's this thing in us that says, I don't want to die. I want to live forever. That is how God designed us. And so Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, this is exactly where God forms Adam. And it says in verse 7, Then the Lord formed the man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the what? The breath of life. So God doesn't breathe into our nostrils or, or create in us the breath of death. He created in us with the breath of life, and it says, and the man became a living creature or a living soul as a result of God's design. So God, this is important to understand. When we are uh, thinking about healing, thinking about disease and sickness and all of that, what is God's plan? What is God's will? What is God's desire? God's design initially was always life, always life. If we consider throughout the book of Genesis, especially in the beginning, if you go through, I just took out a couple of examples of the lifespan that those men and women were having. Now, we today think that it's a long life to live 100 years, 115. I heard the other day of a gentleman that lived 115 years. And so we are in a stage where people celebrate that. And life expectancies have been going out since the time of the, of the dark ages because of medicine and breakthroughs in technology, etc. But in Genesis, we see that Adam lived up to the age of 930 930. Enoch lived long. He was aged 365. Seth, 912. Enosh, 905. Kenan, 910. Mahalel, 895. Jared, 962. And it goes on and on and on. This shows that, and these were men and women just like us, same body, and sin entered in, and we'll get into that. But it shows that the design that God had for our lives was not brief. It was for life, and it was for long life. The psalmist David says, with long life, he will satisfy me. And so it is important that we have God's mindset and mentality Many times it is just our mindset and our mentality that gets the better of us. The enemy is even able to persuade us concerning the fact that we need to live only to a certain stage. But when we look at what is possible here, it shows us that God's heart for us is not for sickness, but for health and for life. Now I want us to look here and ask ourselves, then where did death come from? Where did sickness come from? If God designed this thing so very good and very beautiful and for long life and all of that, where did death come from? There's something called the law of sin and death that is revealed through the scriptures as a law. 
you can't transgress it. It's like gravity. You jump off the building, you fall on a pile. And so it's important that we understand that the universe that God created was created with laws of the spirit that if they are transgressed, there are consequences. We look here at Romans chapter 5, verse 12. It says, sin came into the world through one man, and that one man is Adam. And his sin brought death with it. Another version says, when sin entered, death began to reign. And as a result, it says in verse 12, as a result, death has spread to the whole human race because everyone has sinned or all have sinned. Verse 13, there was sin in the world before the law, which is the law of Moses, before the law was given. But where there is no law, no account is kept of sins. Verse 14. But from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, death ruled over all human beings, even over those who did not sin in the same way that Adam sinned when he disobeyed God's command. So what we see here is that the law of sin and death says that the soul that sins shall die. It's the consequence of separating ourselves from that which is life, which is God. And so, if we ask ourselves, where did death come in? Where did sickness come in? Where did disease come in? There was no death before sin came in. There was no sickness. And sickness is just transient death. It's just a temporary death. It's a slow death. And so, this, this shows us that when sin came into the world, death followed through. And now we live in a world that is completely corrupt, that is messed up, that, is, that sin has, has taken its toll. And uh, another version also speaks about how the, the creation has been subject to corruption and death. And so when Adam sinned, he introduced death. And we will see now how God actually placed in the Garden of Eden, not only the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which he prohibited Adam and Eve from eating from, but he placed also the tree of life. Genesis chapter 2 verse 17 says, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat of it you shall surely die. So God was invoking the law of sin and death to say, look, Adam, you are regent on the earth, but you are subject to me. But if you cross the line, there are consequences. Genesis chapter 3 verse 22, it says, Then the Lord God said, Behold, the man has become like one of us in knowing good and evil. Now, lest he reach out his hand and take also of the tree of life and eat and live forever. And God then decides to put an angel to protect the tree of life so that Adam wouldn't partake of that. And what is amazing is that God never told Adam and Eve, don't eat of the tree of life. But it was Satan's temptation that lured them towards the place of death. God is the author of life. Satan is the author of death. 
And so we understand now that sickness is not just part of life and it just happens and it's something that we should just accept and all. We understand that sickness is a deformity and a dysfunction of the wonderful creation that God has made. And over the next few weeks, we'll go further into the scriptures, understanding what Christ came to do as the second Adam, hallelujah, as the second Adam to bring restoration to creation and then open up the way to the tree of life. Okay. The next principle is the principle of amputation of sin. Now, you must understand these things so that we create a context where we'll be teaching in the next few weeks. We're reading here from Exodus 15, verse 25, and we're touching here around when we see in the Scripture, especially the Old Testament, judgments and curses, where it seems like God is putting sickness and disease on people and bringing death quite deliberately upon people. And you ask yourself, but I thought God is the author of life. Why, why does the scripture show that God caused the death of this person or there was a sickness released? So let's read here from Exodus verse, uh, chapter 15, verse 25. It says, and he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a log and he threw it into the water and the water became sweet. And there the Lord made for them, this speaking of Moses when the people complained about the bitter waters. And there the Lord made for them a statute and a rule. And there he tested them saying, if you will diligently listen to the voice of the Lord your God and do that which is right in his eyes and give ear to his commandments and keep all his statutes, he says, I will put none of the diseases that I will put none of the diseases on you that I put on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord, your healer. Now, you can be excited about the last part, I am the Lord, your healer, but there's this part in between here that looks like, what? <laughs> God can put diseases on, on, on Egyptians and on me, and what, what is this? Let's continue reading in Deuteronomy chapter 7 from verse 14. It says, you shall be blessed above all peoples, speaking to Israel, and Moses speaking this on behalf of God. There shall not be male or female barren among you or among your livestock, hallelujah, for the farmers. And verse 15 says, and the Lord will take away from you all sickness, and none of the evil diseases of Egypt, which you knew, will he inflict on you, but he will lay them all on those who hate you. He will lay them on all who hate you. What? <laughs> so here, it seems like the scripture is saying that God is dealing now in the realm where these consequences of the law of sin and death is now being adjudicated even by God. And he's using sickness and disease and death as a judgment and a curse on those who are disobedient and those whom God is judging. Why is God doing this? And for a long time growing up as a believer, I never understood why God used things like this. And the reason is a principle called the principle of amputation, amputation of sin. It is something that doctors use all the time when a part of the body 
is dying or malfunctioning. The principle that, which they, they, they use in order to extract a cancer or to amputate a, a limb because of gangrene or something else. It's the principle of amputation, and God is applying it on the human race and also on the, on the entire tribe of Israel, which is chosen for a purpose. And what God is doing is he's bringing redemption through the whole um, passing of history and is looking at mankind and saying that in order for me to bring redemption, I have to bring the Son of God through human lineage into the earth. And the only way that there will be some kind of pure nation, some kind of virgin, some kind of person that I can use in order to bring redemption is for sin to be restrained. And this is what the Apostle Paul says, the law entered to make sin abound, to make it seem, sin seem as sinful as it is, and to restrain sin. And the judgments that came with it were there to restrain sin. So therefore, God would in that uh, dispensation be willing to amputate this person or that nation or that tribe in order to preserve the whole body of humanity. Hallelujah. And it sounds harsh from the perspective of us here. But from God's compassionate eye, looking throughout the whole history and generation upon generation, he has to be able to deal in judgments because the Messiah had not yet come. And when Jesus came, now all judgment was poured upon him so that he became the scapegoat. He became the, the lightning rod that collected all of God's wrath so that there could be a restoration of the new creation in Christ. That's why God is no longer bringing all sorts of national disasters and all of that, because the principle of amputation is no longer necessary in redemption, because in Christ, all redemption is found through the judgment of the cross. And so if you ask yourself, okay, am I supposed to put myself in this situation here? No. Now, there is definitely a principle where if you commit certain sins, there are consequences that go with those sins. There are certain diseases that come just as a result of you exposing yourself to certain lifestyles. That is not God coming in and arbitrating and saying, now you get this disease and that disease. This is just mankind being reckless and foolish. And you can avoid those diseases by avoiding certain kinds of lifestyles. I hope you're catching this because this is just in preparation for where we're going over the next few weeks. The next principle, the fifth principle, is the law of the spirit of life. Romans 8 verse 1 to 2. It says here, therefore, there is now no condemnation, no guilty verdict, no punishment, no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus, who believe in him as personal Lord and Savior. Verse 2, for the law of the spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has set you free from the law of sin and death. Hallelujah. This is such good news. It means that even though in creation there is this law of sin and death that brings about all this destruction on the earth, there is a law of the spirit of life that was brought in Christ Jesus that allows you to escape 
Hallelujah. The law of sin and death. Sin and death. The law of sin and death says the soul that sin shall die. Romans says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But then it says, but they are freely justified through the redemption which is found in Christ Jesus. Men and women, those of us who understand the gospel, we know that there's no way that you could have eternal life, have life without, without the Savior Jesus Christ. The soul that sins, the wages of sin is death. Sickness, disease, death, destruction, everything that comes with it. But the free gift of God is eternal life. And you might say, yeah, but that's eternal life. One day when we die, when we go to heaven, when we receive our glorified body. Yes and no. In this life, you see the Messiah coming on the earth. And we'll speak about that next week. And how he begins to heal the sick. He heals the sick. And many times I've read in my, in my Bible, and I was surprised how many times Jesus would heal a person and tell them not to follow him. <laughs> And I'm like, are you not trying to get him into heaven? Is that not the purpose of the healing? No. The Bible says Jesus healed because he was moved with compassion. The healing was a manifestation of the nature of God. And he said, I do nothing. I do nothing except I see my father doing it. So this is not Jesus on a rogue mission trying to heal the sick while the father is trying to bring disease on the nation. No. The Father is revealed in his best and most perfect and fullest form through the Son, Jesus Christ. The disciples asked him when he was about to go, they asked him, show us the Father and we'll be satisfied. And he said, I've been with you, Philip, for so long and you have not known me. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. That means over the last three years, Philip, I've been, the Father has been healing the sick. The Father has been raising the dead. The Father has been compassionately moved in the needs of mankind. Hallelujah. So here we see that the Holy Spirit's ministry today is fulfilling and continuing in the church this ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, which is on the foundation of the law of the spirit of life. You can say about your own life, if you are born again, I'm a new creation, and therefore I'm no longer under the law of sin and death, but I'm under the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Now, you might ask yourself, does that mean we, we can live forever now? Hmm? Huh? Does that mean we'll never get sick? Hmm? Why am I wearing a mask? Why am I, you know? And it is important that you understand that in this process of inheriting what Christ has made available for us, we have this body, which Paul says it's, it's an encumbrance, that we desire to be clothed with our new glorified body. And when Christ returns, we will all be transformed in the twinkling of an eye, and we will have our glorified body, which will encapsulate immortality in its true essence. But while we are here, God has not left and said, now, well, you enjoy your sickness. Many people say, no, maybe God has put the sickness on my life, and... uh, He's trying to teach me something or he's trying to humble me or he's trying to lead me in a certain way. And then those very same people go to the doctor. Why are you going to the doctor to get out of God's will? If it was God's will for you to be sick and to learn your lesson, don't go to the doctor. Stay with that disease. Learn the fullness of that lesson. I'm speaking in this way just to show the absurdity of the notion that God is not dealing today 
especially with the children of God, in a place where he's restraining his hand and saying, no, not you. The Bible says even in the time when a woman came to Jesus and said, my daughter is unwell, will you please help me? And Jesus said, I've, I've come first to the people of Israel. I can't give that benefit to the dogs. She could have been offended, but she said, but even the dogs partake of the crumbs from the master's table. And Jesus said, because of that answer, your daughter is well. This is God's heart. This is God's heart. And over the next few weeks, we are going to go deep into the scripture. And this is my encouragement to all of you. The first principle is that God is a God of life. God is a life giver. The second one is God has designed us for health and long life. The third one is that there is a law of sin and death that came in because of the sin of Adam. And then it's important that we understand that judgments and curses and all of those things that happened in the Old Testament were principles of amputation because God was preserving what he wanted to preserve until Jesus came. And then lastly, there is a law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Next week, we're going to deal on how Jesus has paid, righteously paid, hallelujah, not only for our sins, but also for our sicknesses and our diseases so that we could be healed. So I want to pray for us today. And I want to encourage you, firstly, don't be offended as we go through this series. You know, you might be in a situation where you're saying, ah, how can you tell me this? How, I, I'm in a sickness situation. It must be God's will. And we are tempted to be offended either with God or with me or with the church, whoever. Guard your heart. Don't be offended because offense will keep you from receiving what God is trying to bring to you. Next, don't be afraid. Many people are, are fearful. They're, they're in a place where the enemy has whispered in their ears and said, you will die just like your father at the age of 40. You will die just like your mother. Cancer is in your family. You can't do anything about it. And fear is ruling your life. Don't be afraid. The Lord Jesus has conquered. And he will bring hope during these next four weeks. Then don't be discouraged. You've been in a situation where you've been trusting God for healing, trusting God. You've gone there and you've gone there and you've gone up and down and you've done push-ups, everything. You've tried it all <laughs> to try and get healed. And you're at the point where you're now making theology and about to write a book about how God doesn't heal. Stop right there. Don't write that book yet. Don't be discouraged. The Word of God is sent to you to, to deliver you. And then the next one is don't compare. Don't say, you know, sister so-and-so got healed. What, why did God heal her? And, you know, I didn't get healed. Or don't compare yourself to say, no, I, I know a brother. You know, he was trusting God. And then all that God talk got him killed. And now he's dead. And where's his God talk? Where's God's healing? Over the next four weeks, we will encourage you by the word of God. What we're trying to do here is not magic. It's not trying to get your money. We are trying to bring you good news from the Word of God. And as you receive it in your heart, we believe the Word of God will not return void. Instead of all those things, being offended, afraid, discouraged, comparing, rather listen to the Word of God. Listen with your spirit. Listen with your heart. For with the heart, man believes. Don't reason it in your mind too much. Listen with your heart. Then believe the word of God. Be persuadable. 
be persuaded not by my words, not by the preachers that will come, but by the scriptures. Go through the word of God as we're showing you these scriptures. Then look to Jesus alone. Don't look to man, don't look to me, don't look to whoever, look to Jesus. He is the author and finisher of your faith. He is the author of healing for you. In closing, I want to share with you from Numbers chapter 21, verse 8 and 9. And I'm just going to read this and you'll see where I'm going with this. It says, the Lord said to Moses, what happened is snakes came in the camp and started biting the Israelites. And the Lord said to Moses, make a poisonous snake and set it on a pole. When anyone who is bitten looks at it, he will live. So Moses made a bronze snake and put it on a pole so that if a snake had bitten someone, when he looked at the bronze snake, he lived. And the bronze snake on the pole is the symbol today of the medical community. It's called the caduceus or the rod of As Asclepius. This is the medical symbol, but it comes from that time when God authored healing and, and medicine to say, look, I am the God who heals you. And my encouragement to all of us is that we will look to Jesus over the next few weeks. I wanna pray for you, Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for your people that the word that you have shared this morning will not return void. I pray for those who are in a disease situation and sickness. God, I thank you that your word is healing them. Over the next four weeks, they're trusting you. I thank you, Lord, for those who have COVID-19. We thank you, Lord, that even COVID-19 is not far from the hands of Jesus. Father, I pray for the hearts of your people as they receive your word, that they'll embrace it, receive it, and that there will be fruit to it, to the glory of Jesus. And I pray for those who don't know you, Lord, that they'll give their lives to Christ in Jesus' name. I want to bless you and I want to speak that God over the next few weeks is really going to set many people free. We are trusting that God is going to raise so many testimonies to encourage many. And I want to encourage you, please stay in contact with us. Uh, join on all the platforms uh, and make sure that you're not uh, out of touch with what God is doing. God bless you. Have a wonderful day. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.